Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 2, Episode 8, titled Beginnings, Part 2. The conclusion of the story of Avatar 1, the first Avatar, and by far the best thing of this entire tedious-as-all-hell season. God, I love this arc. It's so good. It's so freaking good. I love everything about it. It's absolutely magnificent. I love it so much. Okay, so... I've already talked about why I love this arc, generally speaking. Let's just get into what happens in the second half. Uh, Might as well start with continuing... To gush over how perfectly they portray the origins of the Avatar. How perfectly they they present the origins of the Avatar in a way that totally makes sense. So, this episode shows that the reason the Avatar can bend all four elements, is that Juan went to other lion turtles and was like, hey, give me the power of air, water, earth, in addition to fire. And the lion turtles were like, well, okay, but look, four elements is too much for a human to handle, so you're gonna have to have this all-powerful, ancient spirit of light and peace hold on to it for you. And then when you're ready to use it, then you can access it from said spirit. I'm absolutely going to put an echo on that, by the way. So, literally, the whole reason the Avatar can bend all four elements is because... Avatar got a spirit inside him. Avatar got a spirit inside him. And they can use that spirit's powers to store said elements. That way they can bend water, fire, earth, and air. They also show off very well that... What the Avatar state essentially is, is the Avatar completely combining with Rava. Whoever that Avatar may be, whether it's Wan or Kyoshi or Roku or Aang or Korra, like, the Avatar state is the Avatar fully bonding with Rava. 
fully bonding with this all-powerful spirit. And it's basically the spirit's energies coursing through this one human. And honestly, it's something I never would have thought about, but makes total sense to me in the context of this world. And that's one of the things I love about this whole origin story in general. Like, they tackle the Avatar's origins in a way that I never would have thought of, but makes total sense in retrospect. It feels natural. It feels, yeah, that's an explanation worthy of this world. And I also love the idea that this harmonic convergence, this planetary alignment that happens every 10,000 years, where, like, spiritual energies just go nuts, essentially, that the convergence allowed Rava and the Avatar to be combined. That convergence, that energy allowed Rava and Juan to be fused together. And that is why it's not like the Avatar always has some spirit hanging around him. Because now this bond, this convergence deal, allowed Rava to just exist inside whoever the Avatar is in this particular lifetime. And I also love the plot point of Juan basically taking it upon himself to use this power for good. Juan set the template for what the Avatar is by being selfless as he was and saying, I have all this power, more so than any other human or spirit. I am this humongous entity. I need to use my power to be the bridge between the human and spirit worlds, teach humans to respect the spirits, and be the peacekeeper among my own kind, because humanity kinda sucks. Humanity is kind of completely shrouded in darkness. I need to do my best to alleviate said darkness. I need to do my best to shove myself in the middle of these conflicts and resolve them as peacefully as possible, because I have the power to do so with the spirit of Rava inside me and with all four elements being bendable within myself. And I also love how they show reincarnation being a thing. Literally the entire purpose of reincarnation is because... Humanity cannot be cured of their violent tendencies. Humanity cannot be cured of their darkness in one lifetime. This is a position. This is a job that has to be passed down from generation to generation to generation. That has to be a constant thing. Humanity needs a constant guard against their worst instincts. And that is why the Avatar is reincarnated. That is why there is an Avatar cycle. Because it will never be contained to just one lifetime. And actually, I never thought about this before, but now the idea that 
the Avatar state is when someone can kill the Avatar permanently. Uh, back in the original series, the idea that when you're killed in the Avatar state, the Avatar cycle is broken. That actually is put much better into context now because you know when you go into the Avatar state, that's when Rava shows up in all her glory. And you kill someone during the Avatar state, that's when Rava's at her most present. And so, in theory, you would also kill Rava and kill that connection. I didn't think about that until now, and I'm an idiot. Also, I need to talk about Vatu. Because, like, I sort of mentioned Vatu last episode, but I didn't go in-depth into him. And, and I guess there really isn't much to go in-depth into, because he's the Spirit of Darkness. That's literally as <laughs> lacking in depth, just evil for evil's sake, as you can get. Uh, but Vatu is freaking terrifying. Vatu is an absolutely terrifying antagonist. He's so freaking menacing. He sends chills down my spine every second he's on screen. Uh, to see literally the anti-avatar, the personification of darkness and chaos... It is handled very well here, and it provides such intensity uh, to this story and to this season in general. Honestly, Udalok is the terrible villain of this season. Vatu is the great villain of this season. Udalok, I hate. Vatu, I love. Honestly, if it was just Vatu being the villain of the season... Go away, Unalak. No one cares about you. Only Vatu. All Vatu all the time. If that was the case, it would have been perfect. It would have been great. But instead, no. They had to have a human antagonist in addition to the literal spirit of darkness. And they just didn't put any effort into it. Uh, I love, I should say specifically, uh, the air lion turtle sequence. Where Juan finally discovers, after years and years and years, that there's other humans uh, on this flying lion turtle. And catapults himself to said floating lion turtle. And, like, he's there for, like, a minute. And is like, hey, there's other humans, and you bend air, and it's really cool. And then immediately... Dark spirits start showing up, and Vatu's there like, Ha ha ha! I will destroy everything! It's a really, really good sequence, I think. Much better than the ending of the last episode, as good as it was. Much better indicates just how high these stakes are. Much better indicates just how terrifying Vatu is as an antagonist. And then, of course, this leads into Juan getting the power of air from this floating lion turtle. Uh, and that's and you see the beginnings of the Avatar being who the Avatar is, gaining access to all four elements. It's really, really well done. Uh, I love the training sequence of, over the course of a year, uh, Rava and Juan working together to harness the four elements within... This first avatar within Juan. And they... They intercut it with this monologue of... 
Rava talking about what will happen on Harmonic Convergence. Uh, that is really, really good. But my favorite scene, my favorite scene, my favorite sequence in this entire episode is the forest sequence, the forest destruction sequence, where Juan just happens to stumble upon his old buddies from his original lion turtle, who now have the power of fire and are using it to burn down the entire spirit wilds. He's using it to burn down literally everything. And Juan, of course... Spending, having spent time with the spirits is like, yeah, no, guys, that's, that's not cool. There's survival and then there's just brutality. You're engaging in brutality at this point. Just stop. Please, for the love of God, don't. Uh, Rava's arguing with them as well, like, for whatever reason. Uh, because... They never had the experience that Juan did of meeting the spirits and seeing what good, what hospitality they can be capable of. They only know spirits as this really dangerous, horrific collection of creatures that have to be destroyed. And you get a clash, a massive clash with... Not just any spirits, but the spirits that sheltered Juan in the Oasis. So now you have Juan's human friends versus Juan's spirit friends. And they're having this massive standoff with Vatu just up in the sky being like, (laughs) and using the spirit's anger, the spirit's hatred. To transform them into dark spirits. To turn them to his side. And so you have so much going on here. You have the human's hatred for the spirits. You have the spirits just wanting to be left alone. The spirits is disgusted at the humans for taking away their home. You have Vatu sitting up in the clouds being like, Hell, I'll use this to my advantage. And you have Juan in the middle trying to defuse this entire situation, trying to reach this peaceful resolution as is so as is so important to his very nature. And of course we get our first glimpse of the avatar state that fails and rather than keep the peace He wakes up and finds that everyone he's ever cared about, human and spirit alike, is dead. They have all destroyed each other because he failed to keep the peace. And now this provides the motivation for him to label himself... And all of his successors in the Avatar cycle as Peacekeeper. Not just within humanity, but between humans and spirits as well. This is what motivates him. This horrific, horrific event is what motivates him to become 
the great bridge between human and spirit. Brilliant. Absolutely freaking brilliant. This scene alone just makes this some of the best anything that Legend of Korra has provided. This sequence alone makes this arc the best Legend of Korra has been up until this point. Let alone the rest of these two episodes. Oh, and you get that massive battle with Vatu in the spirit world between those two portals, which is brilliantly constructed. It is an amazing action sequence, incredibly intense, incredibly powerful. And this massive, massive milestone, of course, for the Avatar. And of course, you have this battle ending with Vatu being put in this tree prison, uh, the spirit portals being closed, all the spirits going back to their own world, and it's great, and I love it. It's so freaking good. And then we get our ending. Korra, having seen the story of Wan, wakes up, remembers who she is, remembers that she is indeed Avatar Korra, uh, is gifted a sky bison, by these fire sages and is told that the harmonic convergence is merely weeks away and she knows now she has to close the portal before that happens now on its own merits this ending is there's nothing wrong with this ending and this arc is freaking perfect but let's talk more generally about this season for a minute because this ending presents one of my biggest frustrations. So, what you're saying is there's some cosmic event that happens every certain number of years. The last time it happened, some really bad stuff went down. And if it happens again and the Avatar can't stop whatever bad stuff could go down this time, then some world-destroying stuff could occur like it could be end times gee a cosmic event happening every so often every every ever so many numbers of years uh last time it happened some bad stuff happened and the next time it happened uh some other bad stuff's gonna happen uh gee gee where have i heard that before where have i oh yeah the original series Change the words Harmonic Convergence to Sozin's Comet, and this is literally the exact same conflict. The conflict of The Legend of Korra Season 2 is literally the exact same conflict as the entire original series of Avatar The Last Airbender. Really? You're that lazy? You couldn't have possibly? Oh, I don't know. Did literally anything else. And see, none of this is to say anything bad for this two-part arc. 
Because for an Avatar origin story, it's perfectly fine. For an Avatar origin story, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm okay with it. It's when you update it to the present day Korra storyline and start to do literally the exact same race against time this is gonna happen again and bad stuff's gonna go down again storyline that we literally got before in a better show. That's when I start to get frustrated. That's when I start to get annoyed. That's where I start to label it lazy. And right there, that is pretty much summing up my entire issue with Legend of Korra Season 2. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It does some amazing stuff. Case in point, this entire arc. But god damn it is it tedious. God damn it is it lazy in its storytelling. God damn it can it be absolutely tedious when it makes stupid decisions like this. And it's a damn shame that this has to be the best thing. It's a damn shame that we got the level at which I expect Avatar to always operate. Just in these two episodes. And not the other 12. But, whatever. This was amazing. I loved watching it again. I loved talking about it. It's an incredible arc. Now we get to go back to... Regular, old, boring, normal Korra. Uh, if you like this, <laughs> favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there, or if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow, we will be discussing The Legend of Korra Season 2, Episode 9. Talk to you then.